and welcome to Low Definition. As is not usual, I am your host, Jason Snell, and this is a special technology edition of Low Definition. You see, I was doing some game shows as part of a fundraiser for Relay FM this summer, and I compiled a bunch of technology words, and we played a different, very different game, very different game called Balderdash. Uh, anyway, I've adapted that to the <laughs> Low Definition format, and we're going to play with my leftover uh, set of dumb technology-related, and I, I mean that very loosely, technology-related terms. Uh, let me introduce the players for this special game of low definition that was, I, I would also like to say, uh, officially blessed by your normal low definition host, yes, Steve Yes, but I'm Lutz. regretting that all the time. Oh, Steve, you're here! Oh, what? no! Hello. Hello. Let me introduce the players as chosen by random.org. In the order of play, here we go. Random.org. Random.org. We bring the random to you. Brian Hamilton is here. Hello, Brian. Ooh, if we're the leftovers, I hope we're season two. That was my favorite. Uh, Shelly Brisbane joins us. Hello. Hello. I consider myself a leftover player since I didn't participate in the whole relay thing. Uh, Well, we're happy that you're here. As am I. Glenn Fleischman is also here to ruin another podcast. Hi, Glenn. Hi, I'm operating in big Endian mode today. <laughs> uh, my, I got to remove oh, that oh from my. the list. Monty oh, Ashley <laughs> also is joining us. Hi, Monty. Oh, no. Hi, Jason. <laughs> it's good to have you here. It's unlike, good to be here. Unlike some. Uh, Steve Lutz, the host of Low I Definition. Did. The tables have been turned. He's a player now. Hi, Steve. Hello, it's me, your host in exile. I, I'm curious, did they ever make Trebek play Jeopardy? Uh, oh, that's a great question. That's, that is a great question. Maybe but it should be phrased in the form of an answer. Oh, mm. And Chip Sutterth is here. Hi, Chip. I think Steve is John Bowser Bauman playing the Hollywood Squares. <laughs> boom, 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 yeah, boom. That's it. So here's how, here's how this works. If you've forgotten how low definition works, because there's only been one episode in the last year, Steve. <laughs> Steve. I think Bowser ran Hollywood Squares <laughs> and played match game. Mm, interesting. Uh, I am going to give people a, a phrase, word, concept, or other ridiculous thing from vaguely involving technology, and then they are going to come up with uh, a definition. If it is the real meaning of the term as I have defined it, they'll get three points. Uh, if uh, not, they we will go to the round where everybody will guess what the right answer is, and if somebody Ooh. guesses their fake answer, they get a point. Uh, if they guess the real answer, those people will get two points. And if nobody guesses the right answer, I get five points because this time I'm the big jerk who's running the game instead of Steve. So can we play something else, Jason? This sounds dumb. <laughs> it sounds like a bad game, doesn't it? All it right. It really does. <laughs> Here it is, folks. Uh, well, let's get warmed up with this word. I, okay. Send me your definitions for screenager. Screenager. S-C-R-E-E-N. A-G-E-R. Send me your definitions now. J. Jonah Jameson very much hates screenagers. Get me more pictures of screenagers? <laughs> no. You oh, can go sorry. to jail for that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and all the definitions are in for screenager. Let's read them now. 
a screensaver-like program designed to stress test early LCD monitors. An elderly Second Life player who claims to be younger to gain access to restricted <laughs> servers. <laughs> a person in their teens or 20s who has an aptitude for computers and the internet. A teenager who spends all day looking at screens instead of going outside and playing like I did when I was a kid, dag nabbit. <laughs> Someone who has never known a world without touch screens and accidentally touches TVs and laptop screens. A child raised in the era of ubiquitous access to mobile devices. And a person who first used the internet as a pimply-faced adolescent. Those are the definitions you've given for screenager. And let's start now with, uh, with Brian. Brian, what do you think a screenager is? Uh, can I get into that restricted server, Jason? And are you, are you young enough and or old enough? Access denied. Uh, Yes. And yes. Okay. Shelly. Um, I think I'm going to go with a straight and narrow one and just say a person with an aptitude for the internet who's in their teens or 20s. One of those computer nerds. Computer nerds. Uh, Glenn. What's the one about the uh, newer world one? A newer <laughs> world. <laughs> newer, I, welcome our I new world, say overlords. <laughs> newer Roman world without screw? I don't know what it was. It was uh, the, uh, 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 someone who's never known a world without touchscreens and accidentally touches TVs and laptop screens? That's the one I want. All right. Person like who doesn't understand that you can't touch all screens. Monty. I'm just going to say that my laptop is a touch screen. Uh -huh, yeah, I was, I, I was going to say touches. I think Oops. you mean, I think, I think that definition means Mac laptop screens, but we'll, we'll okay. just let it go. Uh, I agree with Shelly that it sounds, I'm just going to go with the one where it's a teenager or 20 year old with an aptitude for computers. Computer nerds. All right. Ooh, nerds. Uh, Steve. Hmm. 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 Mm -hmm. God, that one seems so, so on the nose, but you know, I don't know what Jason picks when he hosts game shows like this. Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted the one about people who touch TVs, but then Glenn took it. And so, yep. mm. I, I cooties. Yeah. Well, you messy. know, Glenn is the one who always recommends that we spread our answers out. So I'm going to take that one anyway, just to irritate him. <laughs> no, I've gone off the spread. <laughs> All right. No the world, the world one, as it's now known, the world <laughs> one, the new, new world. world and one chip. Just because I have been made to think of Second Life for the first time in more than a decade, uh, I'm going with an elderly Second Life player. All right. So Brian and Chip are on the elder. So basically, Brian qualifies for access and then Chip sneaks in. <laughs> so. Dad. Ouch. Uh, are there all right. kids that play Second Life anymore? Because I doubt let's, it. Are there people that play Second Life anymore? <laughs> well, again, it could be an outmoded uh, thing. But, um, let's start with that one, though. That's how Steve does it, so I'm going to do it that way, too. Let's start with that one. Seems an elderly uh, Brian and, and Chip thought that it was an elderly Second Life player who claims to be younger <laughs> to gain access to restricted servers. That was Steve's answer. That's very huh. good. Wow. Very now good. we know how you spend your weekends. Nice. <laughs> Yes, this is all autobiographical, yes. <laughs> this is going to be a hard game. Glenn and Steve thought it was someone who has never known a world without touchscreens and accidentally touches TV and laptop screens. I'm not sure if Steve actually believed that or if he just 
was annoying Glenn. Either way, that was Brian's answer, young oh, Brian Hamilton. Nice, nice job, Brian. Person. And that leaves us with a person in their teens or 20s who has an aptitude for computers and the internet, also known as the basic one. Hmm. And indeed, that was the correct answer. Oh. Congratulations oh. to Shelly. So and that's Monty. how it is, huh? Mm-hmm. That that's is, how you play this game. That is how it is. Okay. All right, so after that round, let's check in on the scores, and guess what? It's pretty easy, so easy. This spreadsheet makes it so easy. Brian, Shelley, Monty, and Steve each have two points. Glenn, Chip, and me back in the back. Uh, haven't started yet. We're just uh, getting ready to spring with zero points. Let's move on to word number two. This word is a personal favorite word of mine. It's Octothorpe. Octothorpe. O-C-T-O-T-H-O-R-P-E. Please send me your definition of Octothorpe now. Thorpe was one of my uh, grandparents' last names. Octo, not the first name, however. Wasn't the uh, great football player? Was the brother of a great football player? Octo- Jim Octothorpe. <laughs> Jim and Octo. Otto, Otto Thorpe. He'd do eight passes a game. It was amazing. Well, not really, I guess. That's, That's pretty not low, terrible. actually. <laughs> really terrible. Eight passes. Wow. <laughs> well, in those days, I was Worst Spider-Man villain ever. <laughs> All right. Let us find out what the definitions for, uh, for Octothorpe are. Uh, and I thought this might happen. Unfortunately, three of our players, Monty Glenn and Brian, <laughs> oh, have no. correctly <laughs> defined <laughs> Octothorpe. Oh, hmm. right. However, the other half of the panel doesn't know what it is. And so <laughs> wow. I'm going to read the definitions for Octothorpe. This is great. Someone who has been programming for so long, they begin to think in octal. <laughs> An eight-sided die invented by a man named Thorpe. A symbol adopted by Bell Labs in the 1960s, commonly known as the pound sign or hashtag. Or an early eight-core CPU. Ooh. All right. I don't need to ask. Let's see. Shelly, how about you? What do you think an octothorpe is? I'm going to guess the pound sign strictly because of the Bell Labs thing, which might have been put there to throw me off, but I'm going to try it anyway. You're going to defy, defy it, defy it. Exactly. Steve, it's like you, you, <laughs> Steve, what do you think? Hmm. I think traditionally we would throw out a round where three people had correctly guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that many words, Steve. That's all right. Fair enough. I'm I'm pretty confident it's the Bell Labs symbol as well. Bell. It sounds like something that Glenn would, uh, would Labs. Know. And wow. Chip. And wow. probably Monty and also Brian. I'm not only going to like and subscribe, but I'm going to ring the bell. All right. Well, uh, that is totally what it is. <laughs> half, half of you get three points. Half of you only get two points. Oh, man. <laughs> Amazing. And I get no points. And mm. Steve, that's what happens when you make the words actually guessable and not impossible. <laughs> So, yeah. I do that sometimes. Right or wrong. Like Those once every great. four games, which happens every sure. three years. Well, Brian, Brian and Monty uh, are now in the lead with five points. Shelly and Steve right behind with four. Glenn has three and Chip has two. I am back here in the back with zero, which is fine because I'm a generous and benevolent host. What Spe- a guy. Speaking of which, it's time for a section I like to call, Uh-oh. Who Are You and Why Are You in My Game Show? <laughs> in which I will give you the name of a person and you need to tell me who this person is and why they are in this game show. The person in question is a gentleman named Robert Fisk. 
Please send me your explanations for Robert Fisk's presence in our game show. Now. I remember there being disagreement about calling it a pound symbol back before it was a hashtag because people in Britain have a different pound symbol. Mm. They don't use computers, Monty. I'm just a screen age, Dr. Thorpe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good title. Write that one down. All right. All of the definitions are in for Robert Fisk. Who is Robert Fisk? What is he doing here? And although I could quibble with a detail in his uh, in his definition, I'm going to just go ahead and give Monty three points for getting Ray. it as close to right as anybody could That's reasonably uh, do. Although then I'm going to do a well, actually, when we reveal it. But anyway, okay. leaving, <laughs> leaving Monty's aside, I am going to reveal the others now. Here are your explanations for why Robert Fisk is in our game show. He coined the term bit for binary digit. He was an electronics engineer for Intel who first described the concept of vertically layered microprocessor cores. He was the initial programmer of the Pine email client for Unix. He was a British journalist whose political columns were frequently combated line by line by early bloggers. He was a photographer known for early images of the innards of mainframe computers and peripherals. Or he was the inventor of the electronic relay. And with that, we will uh, begin the uh, guessing with Glenn. Well, you couldn't have an electronic relay without uh, Relay FM, I guess. But um, okay. I'm actually going to pick the British journalist. <laughs> I think you've got Maybe that I said backwards. that backwards. I'm going to pick the British journalist. Please. If there's a British thing, Glenn will pick it. No. Steve. <laughs> Don't pick that British thing. It's going to get infected. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, I have heard the concept of fisking before. I thought it predated. No, no, not that, Steve. Not that. I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> um, but maybe somebody else has also heard that concept and just went with it. Um, but I'm going to go with it anyway. I'm going to hop on the Glenn train oh, once again. No, woo, woo, be my wow. Well, that's Steve. dangerous. Chip, what do you think? I'm following the fiskers. Oh no. All right. Somebody might get a lot of points here, but maybe it's the contestants. We'll see. Brian, what do you think? My first thought was that uh, the one that I have in my notes as blogger fodder Mm. uh, was Glenn's suggestion. And then Glenn was the first person and picked it. So Mm. either (laughs) it was a great bluff and Glenn gave himself no points by picking himself or uh, it's the right answer. So I'm going with blogger fodder. Okay. So you're going to jump on the, on the train. This is getting dangerous. I like how Brian has pointed out. This could all be just a plot by Glenn. Uh, Shelly, what do you think? I'm afraid I have to join the runaway train oh, no. primarily <laughs> oh, no. because all of the other people, all the other definitions seem to be related directly to technology. Mm. And my interpretation of this question is that a journalist, a British journalist, is not by definition connected to technology oh. except in a tangential way. Except by early bloggers. Ooh. Well, okay. The uh, Everybody, guess what? That is the definition. <laughs> oh, no. <Yay! laughs> Uh, which means that all of you get two points, but Monty gets three, and I guess this is oh. how we're playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jason, was there any problems with Monty's response? Uh, oh, yes. Well, no, it was perfect. Actually, Monty's response oh. was he was the inventor of Fisking, where you reply line by line to a post and nitpick everything. But in fact, it turns out Robert Fisk was the victim oh. of Fisking. Mm. All right. Uh. He, was, he, wrote, he was an international correspondent 
uh, in the UK for, I think, The Independent, and a bunch of conservative bloggers in the very early days of blogging, like the 2003 era, I think including Andrew Sullivan, basically would take apart his reports line by line and mock him. And from that, we know about the line by line deconstruction called Fisking. Oh, Robert Fisk, The Independent. Yeah, he would stand up and say, Robert Fist, the independent. Exactly. Crazy. Wait, it's good that his name was an Octothorpe. That would have been a little less, you know, <laughs> musical. Well, let's check Jason, it out. please. It's Fiskenstein's monster. Mm. I'm going to Octothorpe the hell out of this article. Blogger fodder was good, too. Let's check in on the scorers. Monty is in the lead with eight points. Brian has seven. Shelly and Steve have six. Glenn has five. My apologies in the previous round. I shorted Glenn a point. He has five points. Chip has four. Still anybody's game. We're playing to an indeterminate number of points, by the way. <laughs> it might be 19. It might also be when I run out of, le- of points <laughs> or of when words. When you run out of the room, you run out of the room. There's, ah! a, there's a point shortage happening, people. It's part of the supply chain. You wouldn't understand. Anyway. You have to borrow points from a different game show. Those let's, damn legacy legacy notes. That's the crazy round. Let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's leave that behind and go back to a word, or in this case, an acronym. Please send me your definition for... CPM. Uh, let me spell it for you. CPM. <laughs> and to be clear, there is no slash. That's a different kind of CPM. Oh, C-P-M. okay. Mm. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I thought it was the C slash PM at first. Same. Oh. That's good because I don't remember what C slash PM stands for, but I do remember using it. Might be computer program mine. Hmm. Probably not, though. All right, all the definitions are in for CPM, spelled CPM. And this round, only two people got it right. Uh, Glenn. You're proving that. And Brian kind of, yeah, sort of enough that I'm going to give it to Brian. So they were going to sit out for this round because they're the smarty pants. And instead, let me read you the other definitions for CPM now. Control program module. Clicks per million, an early operating system cloned by Bill Gates to create MS-DOS, character pixel measurement, and cost per thousand clicks. Those are the definitions for CPM. And let's start with Monty. That is a cost per thousand clicks per thousand clicks. All righty then. How about Steve? Wow. I also like cost per thousand clicks because it's it's somebody went pretty far afield with that one from M if you're going to mm. be coming up with a the backronym. Um, although I will note that two of these are actually kind of the same answer, which is interesting too. But I'm going to go with that one too. All right. Chip? I can't remember the last time that I had to confront my lemming-like nature so mm-hmm. thoroughly. Cost per thousand. This is turning into a game where it's, the question is, do you get it first or second? That's okay. <laughs> Brian, somebody might be getting a lot of points here. Is it you, Brian? Oh, Brian already got his points. Oh, Brian already yeah, got I'm, his points. Shelly? I, I am also a lemming. I, I have to go for cost per thousand. It was I swear it was my preloaded answer this, in my head. This you are this is all <laughs> gonna come back around to haunt you. Yeah. Um all right, well that is it. We have four guessers on that. 
yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> it's <laughs> the trick here is that it's CPM, which everybody assumes is cost per million or clicks per million. Um, Brian said it was cost per million. It's not. Glenn actually got it exactly right. It is based on meal in French for thousand. Um, and uh, the first time it was explained to me, I said, "How oh, what? That the M stands for thousands, <laughs> but it's irritating. just as stupid as everything else yeah. involving internet advertising. And the uh, CPM with the slash in it is the operating system. Correct. Yes. Yes. And I'm guessing the control yeah. processing module was yours, Monty, because you knew that. No, Someone who lives in my house oh, really? worked on that operating not not on that operating system, but used that operating system in a past life. Yeah, so. which oh. was actually named for control processing module. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? So... I've been doing my day job wrong and explaining that's cost per million, but it's been adapted to be thousand in the social yeah, media no, it's, age. It's, that's it's, wrong. It's meal four thousand. It stands for thousand. The M. Yeah. The M stands for thousand. You see, it's perfectly logical and reasonable was, that M would stand for thousand, right? Anyway, it was after that, when it was first another excellent Lacky round. French measurement. We may be playing to an even higher score because everybody's <laughs> going points. I'm running out of points to give out. Four hours Except in a regular game of low def to, re- to achieve these scores. I know it's amazing. Brian has ten. Monty has ten. Shelly has eight. Glenn has eight. Steve has eight. <gasps> Chip, six. Pretty good score. And I have nothing because I'm never going to score in this game. But let's move on to round five. The word for round five is nibble. Nibble. Mm-mm-mm. Nibble. Please send me your definitions for nibble. N-I-B-B-L-E. Now. Are you loving it? <laughs> A little bit. Have you abandoned Chipotle, Steve? No, it's abandoned me, Chip. Rapidly. At high speeds. <laughs> Both of those things, which are the same thing. Okay, all of the definitions are in for nibble. Great news, everybody. <laughs> everybody got it right. Everybody Next everybody but Brian got it right. <laughs> the old oh Brian, by no, no. definition, still gets two points. Unless you'd like to pick your own definition of the two that you have to choose. Well, well read we the definitions. Let's find out. A nibble is uh, an ancient computer term that only old, 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 old people would know for half of a byte or four bits. That is a nibble. I am proud of my definition, though, Jason. Can Brian wrote a brief drop in internet access as if a mouse were nibbling on the cable. And that is why we love Brian. He's bringing the youth energy. Okay. Let's move on. You know, words are fun. <laughs> words are fun and easy to guess. No, they're not. Especially when we share them. They're very words easy are, to guess. In the super, no see, Steve, this is what the people want. They want low definition where everybody wins. That's it's what they very, want. It's a very, very low definition. Well, I like to leave the people wanting. Yeah, well, you do. Not more time, though, because they go on for that. That's All right. We're going to play a game uh, that is frequently... How many words do you have left? I, I have lots left. Okay. <laughs> I have I have 12 rounds. No, 13 rounds worth. No. Okay. All right. Uh, so All right. I may recalibrate, or we may just go to the finish line here. Okay, Steve, you, you know from low definition that there's I a sure fun do. game where you get books <laughs> and you have people write the first uh, sentence of a book. Okay. Do you call that something? Is there a name for that? Uh, I think it's paperback writer. Paperback or writer. Okay. Well, we'll call know. it. The, this is technology paperback writer. Okay. Or or great oh, moments in literature. Very if you clever. Want to call it. I, I see what you did there. You put technology. I, I did. I did. Of the existing name I, for the round. I, I hold in my hand a novel, and it's not just Ooh. any novel. This novel is Hard Drive, written oh by my God. written by David Pogue. <gasps> 
uh, the new, former New York Times technology columnist and uh, and man about town, written in 1993. Uh, it, I'm going to read you the back cover description of it. Before oh that, God. but before that, I want to read you the dedication because this is the very special thing about uh, this dedication. Uh, it is the, I believe, possibly the only techno thriller that includes in its acknowledgments both the editors of Macworld and beta reader Stephen Sondheim. Oh, <laughs> my Because David Pogue was uh, Stephen Sondheim's technology advisor. Uh, anyway, uh, that you can use that if you want to. Here is the back cover of Hard Drive by David Pogue. Mm-hmm. No one at Artelligence would listen to the warnings of one computer programmer. No one believed a simple virus could infect their revolutionary master voice program. No one conceived of the possibility of global infection, mutating, reproducing, tainting every financial and military computer system it touched until it was too late. Hard drive. I need you to give me the first sentence of the novel Hard Drive by David Pogue. Now, I uh, I read that book. <laughs> well, search your mind for that great <laughs> opening sure. sentence. Uh, is that really Glenning? Next. I feel like that's fairly weak, Glenning. It is very weak. I that's just read Glenning. that book. Uh, two, two, more, two more facts about hard drive, by the way. I uh, My copy came compliments of APS Technologies. It was included with a hard drive I bought. So get the, huh? it's, you get two hard drives for the price of one. And uh, my second one is it is a signed copy. And when I gave it to David Pogue to sign, he looked at me, laughed, and said, why? Uh, and Jason, that was do why. I remember, do I remember that was bundled in a shrink wrap with Macworld when you were working for uh, it was Mac not, user? It, 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 it's possible. I don't know. The, the one that That's I got I, was with, like, as I said, was with a, uh, oh it's a special print. It says on it, compliments of APS Technologies, because they, they, uh, they sold me a hard drive. Like the name of the book. All right, all of the first lines are in for Hard Drive by David Pogue. I'll Just read the first them now. lines? Just the first lines. took line. that long for the first lines? Yes. Yeah, I Holy wrote three crap. chapters. Was I wrong? Um. <laughs> Publish it, quick. All right, Thank here you. they are. You get to decide which one is the real one. Well, you don't. <laughs> I mean, you get to vote, but only one is the real one. Here we go. By the third hour of the board meeting, the cigarette smoke was so thick, the words no smoking were barely discernible on the wall behind Lars Huntington's hairless head. <laughs> Lars Huntington. <laughs> the sky above the viewport was the color of the sky tuned to a dead channel. The revolution began not with a bang nor a whimper, but with a single click. Roger Stern flipped on the power switch for his powerful 16 megabyte RAM PC cracked his knuckles as he waited for 10 minutes for it to boot, then painstakingly typed in the program that would change the world forever, leaving him in charge, and pressed send. Wow, this book starts fast. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about the aftermath. When he opened the door to his tiny office, four screens flickered, and an ear-piercing whine greeted his ears as he fell to the floor. As he sipped his coffee and stared at the windows on his computer, the programmer missed the days when monitors had just green letters and numbers in ordered rows. And the screen sprang to life, the cursor pulsing in time with my heartbeat. Those are your opening lines for Hard Drive by David Pogue. And uh, let's begin 
with Chip this time? Um, you know, I, I, I should have submitted my response with a single click. Not with a whimper, but a single click. But with a single click. <laughs> he did submit it with a whimper. That was his mistake. Yes, that's right. Uh, okay, Brian. The person sipping their coffee and lamenting about green letters. Green letters. All right. I write abbreviated versions of all of these, and the one for this one says, as he sipped his coffee, the programmer I, I, was I just green letters. Yep, that's about right. Uh, Shelly. I'm going to go with the revolution. The revolution. Not with a bang or a whimper, but a single click. Okay. Glenn. I, uh, excuse me, I like the nostalgia of smoking. They don't like smoking, but so I'm going to go with the third hour and the smoking. And the, the hairless head. The hairless head. All right. Lars Huntington. Like Lars Huntington. Huntington. I want it to be right. All right. If not. It's, I, I like the, I like picking because you want it to be true. That's my favorite one. Yeah, that's, that's why I haven't so won cool. low definition in four years. Monty, what do you think? <laughs> I'm going with one that I have written down as bang slash whimper slash click. Oh, third person <laughs> on bang, whimper, click. Okay. It's a good film. That brings us to Steve. <sighs> I really wanted to make sure that Lars Huntington was rewarded, so I'm very glad that Glenn picked it because <laughs> I'm pretty confident that's not it. Can he be our ghost player next Pay time? Lars, everybody. <laughs> the, the, the hairless head of Lars Huntington? <laughs> And I feel like the screen sprang to life is not it, because Glenn probably would know if this book was written in the first person. So I think I'm going to go with when he opened the door, four screens flickered to life, blah, 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 blah. All right. We got a spread. There's a spread going on There's here a little a bit. A little bit. Four different answers here. So that's, that's, uh, that's pretty good. Um, okay. Let's start with... The one that Steve picked. Okay. Which is when he opened the door to his tiny office, four screens flickered and an ear piercing whine greeted his ears as he fell to the floor. That opening was lovingly crafted for uh, a very long time by yeah. Sherry Brisbane. Really and good. she earns a point for it. That was really Yay. good. I liked it. I thought yeah. if it was anybody's, it was Shelley's because it clearly was, was yeah. artisanally <laughs> put together. Um, I'm waiting for the rest of the novel now because Bra- that was a good start. You'll be Bra- waiting a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Brian chose uh, as he sipped his coffee and stared at the windows on his computer, the programmer missed the days when monitors and just green letters and numbers in ordered rows. You know who remembers those days? Chip Sutterth remembers. <laughs> Chip. Like Pepperidge. Chip Sutterth remembers. Let's let's do uh, Lars Huntington next. I love oh, no. Lars. Lars Huntington. Lars. I work with oh, no. Lars. He's a uh, bald head. Uh, Glenn thought that that was, uh, that was the real answer. Or good. Oh, no. I thought it was good. And it was. Oh, no. <gasps> no. Wow. Lars Actually, Huntington. Lars right. Huntington's bald head does appear oh, in the prologue on. for Hard Drive. <laughs> oh, you didn't oh, tell me it was a prologue. I thought somebody was The chapter spanking. one begins with an intercom buzzed in Silicon Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! We could have gone with that, but I thought, you know what? I like Lars Huntington. Let's go with Lars Huntington. I thought the smoke thing was just over the top, and I was like, someone should be rewarded for that. Nope, it was a uh, real thing. Intercom okay. in Silicon Valley—that that might be as antiquated as the green screen. <laughs> Intercom yeah. buzzed in Silicon Valley, in specifically Somewhere. the Valley. Uh, that leaves uh, the revolution began not with a bang, not with a whimper, but with a single click. Three.
three people thought that that was the right answer. Uh, Chip, Shelly, and Monty. And it was, I, I got bad news for you, it was Steve Lutz's oh, wow. introduction. Wow. Good job. Nice work. So that gives uh, three points to Steve in that round. Yay. And that leaves the scores this way. In first place with 14 points, low-definition host Steve Lutz. What? <laughs> hey, wait a minute. spreadsheet. <laughs> this thing is rigged. Tied in second uh, with 13, one behind Glenn and Monty. One behind them, tied in fourth, is Brian and Shelly and Chip within striking distance with 10. And how are you doing? I have no points because I give my points to you. I don't think we need to worry about the spread this game. I don't think we do. (laughs) I I will say David Pogue's book had a great thing in it, which was that somebody figured out a way to identify people's typing patterns and use that to, I can't remember what the plot was, but it was a clever idea. It it took like 30 years (laughs) It took like 30 years for that turn into a thing in reality. And yet it was never made into a Sondheim musical. Oh, yep. That's true. That we know of. All right. Here is our next uh, word, or in this case, it's a it's a product. I want you to identify this product. Tell me what it did. This product was called The Dazzler. <laughs> Send me your descriptions for what The Dazzler is now. I think we've exited the part of the game where everybody's going to know it. Yeah. <laughs> and Glenn's like, oh, oh, I had the Dazzler. No, he just knew the guy who created oh. it. No. He went Lived to college the with the, the nephew of the guy who created the Dazzler. I wish. Dazzler. All of the definitions for the Dazzler are Ooh, in. Man. The Dazzler has arrived, people. <laughs> Scream when it shows up in the theater or it will eat you. (laughs) you. I was waiting. I'll read what this could be now, and then you can tell me which one you think it is. That's how this game works. How many people got it exactly correct? (laughs) No one got it exactly correct. Jason might score. All right, here they are. A screensaver that would start from a user-provided image and slowly morph it over time. An art program for MS-DOS computers bundled with an early graphics tablet. A cellophane screen overlay that turned monochrome monitors into something approaching full-color graphics. An early Photoshop plugin designed to brighten and otherwise enhance scanned photographs. A color graphics interface for early Altair personal computers. An add-on for the Atari 800 gaming system that synchronized colored LED lights with music in the video game. And... A USB-powered pinwheel that spins without wind. Dazzler. We're in round seven, so let's go back up to the top. Brian, start us off. What do you think the Dazzler is? Hmm. The Dazzler sounds like a Photoshop plug-in to me. Photoshop plug-in. Okay, Shelly. I'm going to go with Altair. Altair, going back in time. Mm -hmm. All right. Glenn. I like the Photoshop plugin as well. The please. Photoshop plugin. Okay. Monty. I think it's an art program that was included with a tablet. Art. I'm going to say it was a Koala tablet. All right. Art program bundled. Back in the day, we had to bundle in the software because the hardware wouldn't work otherwise. Steve. Yeah, that one rings a bell for me too. It's it's uh, it's either an art program for a tablet or it's something the Beagle Brothers put out. <laughs> and I don't remember exactly what it was. Dazzler. 
And Chip, I'm picking the pinwheel. The pinwheel, USB powered pin- pinwheel. All right. <laughs> it spins without wind, but with USB power. <laughs> with USB power. <laughs> That's beautiful. All right. Uh, let's start with uh, with that one. A USB powered pinwheel that spins Never without good wind. When you start with the one. It, you know, sometimes maybe sometimes I flip it, it around, but not this time. That was uh, Brian's <laughs> answer. Good job, Brian. Nice. Sounds like something Brian would buy. Wee, yep. wee. So Monty and Steve thought it was an art program for MS-DOS computers bundled with an early graphics tablet. Uh-oh. That was Chip's answer. Chip. Nice. Nice. That's a good one. Uh, it was your mention of the koala that uh, put me over sold, the edge. Sold it. <laughs> yeah. Sold it. And uh, Brian and Glenn thought it was an early Photoshop plugin designed to brighten and otherwise enhance scanned photographs. Sounds realistic. And that's why Shelly wrote that answer. Oh, no. Nice. Nice. And that means that Shelly Brisbane has correctly intimated. Ah! It is a color graphics interface for the early Altair Mm. personal computer. How do you get color out of your Altair? The Dazzler. Dazzler. <laughs> Dazzler. Dazzler. All four colors. Uh, I saw that. It's in, just one color. It's white. I was it's w- not that different from the actual <laughs> regular <laughs> system. Uh, I, was, I was looking um, for definitions and weird words in Stephen Levy's book, Hackers. And in the back, oh, yeah. there, was a def- there was one person who said, uh, it was like, worked on the Dazzler. And I was like, well, wait now. <laughs> the Dazzler? Love it. Um, all right, let us move on to our next round. But before that, I will tell you, Shelly now in the lead with 16 points. Oh, man. Steve has a good 14. round for Shelly. Great round for Shelly. Brian, Glenn, and Monty all have 13, and Chip has 12. Chip's creeping in there. He's going to strike from behind. Watch out. And he's going to start his comeback right now with this phrase, which I am going to say is related to science and technology. Hmm. Science and technology. Science and technology. Mm. The word is Sonic Hedgehog. Sonic Hedgehog. Mm. I have a general idea why you made that point about science and technology. Sonic Hedgehog. Please send me your definitions now. A gross answer from somebody. Mm. I will promise it's not a trick question. Well... Aren't they all? It's not probably not Sonic the Hedgehog. I didn't say that. It's Sonic Hedgehog. Two words. Sonic Hedgehog. But what does it mean? All of the definitions are in for Sonic Hedgehog. Here they are. Which one is real? Sonic Hedgehog. An autonomous device designed to clean ducts in sterile environments. Sonic Hedgehog. A gene and protein that's essential for embryonic development. Sonic Hedgehog. A computer virus that announces its presence with a loud noise. (laughs) Sonic Hedgehog. A particular method of laying out memory chips on a circuit board that looks kind of like the famous blue hedgehog. A device that facilitates the procreation of endangered hedgehogs by emulating their mating cry. A sound wave indicating an anomalous frequency within an otherwise consistent sound pattern. And a desktop computer speaker in the shape of a hedgehog. Those are your definitions for Sonic <laughs> Hedgehog. One of them is totally real, and one of them is totally fake, and so are the rest. Shelly, what do you think is real? What do I think is real? Yeah. I mean, just in general, in or the, with the this world. Question? The wow. world. 
I'm not sure. Um, gosh, I I feel stumped. I'm I'm gonna go with the uh, con- computer chip pattern just because I love it. I mean, particular method of laying out memory that yes, yes. that looks like a looks like Sonic looks the Hedgehog. Like a Hedgehog. All right, great, Glenn. I just want to say how fabulous these answers are, mm-hmm. and I'm picking duct cleaning. I like the sound of that. The duct cleaning robot. Got it. Monty. Um, I think it's a gene and protein that's essential for embryonic development, and there might Ooh. be a couple of other words in there. Alrighty, that was, that was a lot of words. Uh, Steve. Well, I was torn between the clean ducks and the... Um, <laughs> And the laying out microchips. <clears throat> and then they got picked by other people. Mm. You spreading? I'm still going to go with one of those. Oh, okay. Uh, and I think because I don't want Shelly to get too far ahead of me, I'm going to do the crazy laying out the chips one because it is... All right. It is, is oh, nutty. All right. You'll go down together. Unless Shelly... Unless that was Shelly's answer, in which case you just gave her a point and you, you, you were totally sucked know, in. do you? Yeah, well, I guess, uh, well, we'll, well, not soon never. we will. We will know. <laughs> we'll know pretty soon. Chip, so, what do you think? Embryonic. Embryonic development. You're going to go with Monty on the protein one. All right. And that leaves us with Brian. Computer virus with a loud noise. Computer virus with a whoop, loud whoop. noise. Whoop, that's, whoop, 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 that's very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, let's check those out. Glenn thought that it was an autonomous device designed to clean ducks in Uh-oh. sterile environments, and so did Steve, sort of, but not really, but sort of. That was Chip's answer. Oh. Uh, Could I have a half a point from Steve? I'm afraid chip not. Ducked I did pick the, the answer that had the word chip in it. Ooh! So. <laughs> it's sort of As like half I. a point. Can I have a quarter point? <laughs> now, Monty and Chip thought it was a gene or protein that is essential for the embryonic development in humans. And they were correct. That's oh, what no. it is. Oh, smart. oh, my God. The hedgehog pathway of proteins in embryonic development. And one of the proteins was then cleverly named Sonic. That's not clever. And there's lots of very serious medical literature describing the uses and relevance of Sonic Hedgehog, which I find wow. hilarious. <laughs> uh, let's see who else. Uh, Brian. I uh, thought it was a computer virus that made a loud noise and that was annoying. That was Steve's answer. Yay. And Steve and Shelly both hopped on the uh, memory chips on a circuit board that looks like Sonic the Hedgehog. That was Monty's answer. Okay. Uh-oh. Good job, Monty. Well done. Thank you. And uh, that means the scores have changed again. We have a new leader, Monty, now in the lead Whoa. with 17. Shelly has 16. Steve has 15. Chip has 15. See the comeback. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Brian and Glenn just behind with 13. And I'm in the back. That's me in the corner. Yeah. That's me in the spotlight, losing all my points and giving them <laughs> to everyone else. Let's, you know, words are great, everybody. I keep saying no, that. I They're disagree. not. Here, let's play. Uh, let's play <laughs> oh, one of my favorite. Are you going to give us a number? We have to find <laughs> That's it. That's right. <laughs> what am I thinking of? Um, what does three mean? Yeah, what does it mean? No, let's let's uh, let's get out there on the internet and see if we can find uh, uh, answers. Oh God! Oh God! Answers <laughs> abort, abort. to questions. Oh, search, search. That we uh, that we ha- that we ask. Uh, it's a game called Goo Complete Me. Oh. You've heard of this game, Steve. All it's, the screenagers uh, are ready when, for this game. It's it's when you have to figure out the rest of the autocomplete for a Google search. 
Now, now, Jason, also, I did authorize the use of low definition. I don't recall authorizing the use of Goo Complete Me for this game. <laughs> well, uh, consult your lawyer, I guess. Hang on, I'm drawing up the papers. Just uh, just no, your lawyer to... will tell you that he authorized it, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> you change it to Bing Complete Ming or something. Yeah, oh. exactly. Uh, so please send me what you think the complete autocorrect, autocomplete oh, no. uh, Google search term is that begins with this. This is the top reply that I got in a private browser to why can't Google see oh, it's a little meta why can't Google send me your autocompletes now <laughs> good one somebody just made me laugh oh somebody just edited their answer now it's not funny anymore. It's not funny anymore. That's <laughs> <laughs> tragic. Don't know why you laughed in the first place. Maybe it was better before. Now I'm questioning myself, Jason. Thanks very much. I didn't say it was you, Steve. It was oh, okay. you. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. All of your auto-completes are in. You know what, Jason? Go back to the first one. You going to mess with me? I'm going to mess with you. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I think I laughed uh, more at the first one because I'd I'd seen it before, and I think the second one is actually better gameplay wise. Do you want to win this one, Steve? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Want to win? Here are the auto uh, completions for why can't Google? Why can't Google delete my search result? Why can't Google answer a simple question? Why can't Google do evil? Why can't Google find my password? Why can't Google find things? Why can't Google predict my question? And why can't Google remember my password? Those are your choices. And for this round, we will start with... Uh-oh. Glenn. Oh, boy. You know, what's funny is one of the things I didn't write was one of the things that somebody else wrote. I mm. find that very amusing. That is but funny. in this round, that doesn't help me figure out nope. if it's more or less likely to be true, which is even better. Because it could be the right answer. I'm going to go with... Um, You've given everything away now. I don't know. No, I don't think I'm going to pick that one. I'm going to pick... Uh, or maybe that other one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. The first one no, made me laugh. No, not that one. Not that one. No, the no, first no. One, I'm going to do do evil. I like to do evil. Why can't Google do evil? All right. Like Monty? The only one I wrote down was do evil. So that's the one I'm going with. <laughs> All righty. Uh, Steve? Do evil. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do evil. Oh, boy. Everybody's Bull piling up evil. again. Bull weevil do evil. Oh, all right. Uh, Chip. As I said, lemming. Piling on the oh, evil. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, that brings us back around to Brian. If all my friends jumped off a bridge, yes, I would jump too. I'm doing evil. Okay. And uh, Shelly? I'm going to miss you all as you go down the track on your runaway train. I'm going <laughs> to say predict my question. Predict my question. All right. Let's start with that one. Why can't Google predict my question? Maybe Brian Hamilton knows the answer. That was his <laughs> question. Shelly gives Brian a point. All right, well, five people wow. 
We're on Why Can't Google Do Evil? Shelly, how dare you? No. Which, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I could be giving Shelly uh, five points right now. But I, you can't. But I'm not, because one of those five people who guessed do evil was evil and guessed their <gasps> own answer. <laughs> and, you know, I thought that do evil was fundamentally funnier than when Steve changed it to be evil. <laughs> oh, wait. I wrote my first answer. My first answer was be evil. Oh, and I well, changed it to my bad answer. You could no have gotten took. five points there, too, but you didn't. Oh, man. Uh, the correct answer, by the way was uh why can't google answer a simple question that was what i was that's pick. funny uh, i love that that was what i was gonna pick but i didn't want to be left out goo complete me i think steve i think you played that exactly right where you were on yep. the, the train was moving yeah. rapidly towards your answer to keep it rolling and you gotta keep it rolling yep. don't give anybody any other choices that is the exact mm-hmm. reason why i did that very impressive i'm not as dumb as i look people <laughs> nobody is as dumb no. as i look <laughs> That means that I am on the scoreboard, everybody. Oh, I got five yay! points. You deserve it. But it also means that our winner of Low Definition Tech Edition with what? 19 points is oh, Steve no. Lutz. Oh, no. Oh, no. With a shocking, massive four points in that round uh, to take us over the top to number 19, the classic point total for Low Definition. Wow. wow. I well never played, thought it Steve. would happen to what me. No, one one for one at low def now, Steve. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. So uh, the final scores: Steve with nineteen, Monty right Woo! behind seventeen, Shelley with sixteen, Chip with fifteen, Brian with fourteen, Glenn with thirteen. Pretty tight competition there. I'm back in the back with five. At least I got on the board there at the end. That's something. And that brings us to the end of this tech edition of Low Definition. I'm basically out of tech words now. But hopefully in the new year, in 2022, Steve will be back at some point with a real edition of Low Definition. Right, Steve? Mm. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, until... They'll make more tech words, though, Jason. I'm pretty sure of it. Oh, they probably will. But you'll know them all. So how much fun will that be? This high-scoring edition of Low Definition now complete. Thanks once again to Steve, Monty, Shelley, Chip, Brian, Glenn, and you, the listener. We will be back, maybe never, but maybe Steve will be back sometime with another edition of Low Definition. Until then, be good to each other, I guess. <laughs>